Hello and welcome to today's VJ Hemonk podcast. We are a global open access video journal bringing you the latest in hematological oncology. In today's podcast, you will hear from Dr. Edward Cliff and Ms. Natasha Bolaños, who discuss the importance of addressing inequalities in access to CAR-T therapy and further comment on strategies to improve the affordability of these agents. CAR T cells are obviously very exciting, uh, not just within the hematologic malignancies where there are already six different CAR T cells approved in the US, but across a range of solid tumor uh, indications where there's rapid progress through clinical trials. However, ultimately a cancer drug is only as effective uh, for an individual who can actually access that cancer drug. And so it's hugely important both to me and I think to our field to try and improve the access uh, for patients to these transformative therapies. One of the biggest barriers to this is the huge cost and you know the list price for all of the CAR-T therapies currently available in the US is more than $400,000. And in addition to that, hospitals then uh, charge insurers a bundle and so the co total cost for the insurer can be a million dollars or more for one uh, CAR-T cell therapy infusion. And so we, uh, in our session, will talk all about uh, what the components of that cost are and how we might address the different components of that cost. And so the first component is the actual manufacturing costs because compared to like a small molecule like imatinib or ibrutinib, which might be quite cheap to make, CAR T cells, because they're a, uh, they're a, um, a product that is made specific to the individual, they're, they're patient specific, uh, that means that you need a lot of skilled labor, equipment and logistical processes that cost a lot more to make the actual product than a, than a regular drug. And so that cost we think is somewhere between the twenty dollars to $30,000 range. And I say we think because a lot of this information is kept very confidential, very deliberately by numerous uh, actors in the space. But so, so one aspect or the first aspect is to try and reduce that manufacturing cost. And some ways that that uh, might happen in the coming years might be through things like allogeneic products, car natural killer cells, uh, new approaches to manufacturing that automate the manufacturing process. And in fact, we've seen already at this meeting some presentations on novel manufacturing processes like uh, Novartis has one called T-Charge. Uh, there was just one in, in the CAR-T session uh, from China where they can bring the manufacturing right down to one or two days. And that also will reduce the manufacturing cost. The next element of the cost that makes up CAR T cells is the price that the manufacturer charges, typically the hospital, but charges whoever's buying the CAR T cells. And as I said, they're typically around $400,000, but some of them are quite a bit more than that. And really the key factor that would shift that in the US is if we included CAR T cell products in price negotiation. So you may or may not know that since last year there was legislation passed for the first time to allow price negotiation for drugs in the US. And it's not yet clear when it comes time for for the CAR T cell therapies to be negotiated, whether they'll be included in the drugs that are able to be negotiated. And so really the key thing to bring that next bit of price down would be to try and ensure that they are able to be negotiated and that they're able to be negotiated earlier. Uh, and that would involve amending the Inflation Reduction Act. And then the third element is that total cost of care that's charged by the hospital to the insurer, as I said, can be upwards of a million dollars. And the things that might help to bring that cost down would be things like increased 
face the increasing use of outpatient CAR T cell therapy, uh, trying to reduce and better predict toxicity to prevent intensive care admissions, and other strategies to try and reduce the amount, total amount that CAR T cell therapy costs. So it's a lot to say, but it, these costs are huge and, and obviously are not just a barrier within the US, but they're a barrier to making these therapies available globally. And really what we want to see is that more patients with uh, cancer, can, that where, where CAR T therapy works brilliantly, can access the CAR T cell therapy. The topic of access and affordability of therapies like the CAR T cell therapies is, is quite a hot topic, especially for the patients. Uh, luckily, we have these therapies here to change the patient uh, course, uh, the, the trajectory of the diseases. But it is also true that from the logistics point of view, from the pricing point of view, is quite demanding for the systems. Uh, is not always deliver the best way uh, geographically talking. For instance, I remember when the CAR-T therapies were first approved and they come to the market, they were possible only in a few countries. They are still possible only in a few countries. But I'm afraid some countries have like in a very central places and you not always can bring the patient to the place, especially patients that are critically ill may not have the support that they need and this adds much more costs also that are not running under the basket of services of the healthcare systems neither the provider of the treatment the commercial provider of the treatment but needs to be out of pocket from the patients that's one example but also affordability we cannot keep bringing medicines that are coming with higher and higher and higher prices. I'm afraid the resources are limited, the financial resources are limited. And I'm not telling that these therapies are not welcome. We are all keen to adopt them. But we need to understand also that the return it's true that it's very expensive to bring that, those therapies in, but it's also about the return. How long you need to bring that return? And I always stress that many of these developments started in the academia world. So if I start like representing as cost expressed in monetary uh, concepts, I mean, how much it worth the life of a patient that voluntarily joins a clinical trial? That piece is not in the equation. When we are pricing the medicines, we are taking only what was invested from the research perspective. I'm not telling that they should come to a higher price either, but we need to find a balance because what's the point of bringing therapies that at the end cannot be adopted? We need also from the other side, uh, from the healthcare systems management, we need to understand also how the novel therapies can save costs long-term. So for instance, how many resources you won't be consumed because you are fixing a problem earlier on the patient journey. For instance, if you are providing a curative approach versus a therapy that was before in the market that was just extending life for a number of years, but it's not promising a curative approach, that patient will continue consuming resources. But I'm afraid those costs are not well represented, are not well collected into the systems. 
So I think that one of the areas where we need to put the focus when we talk about access, accessibility, there are several barriers for access and there are several dimensions of access. One thing is the access to the therapy as the treatment but also access to information, access to supportive care, access to the centers, access to the hospital, access to the best care possible. And not necessarily think that the best treatment, the last treatment that came into the market is the best option for every patient. Patient preferences need to be there when we are taking the decisions. So when that concept of shared decision making that I personally uh, understand as the need to incorporate in that dialogue what the patient expects from the treatment, what are their personal expectations, what are their personal preferences, what are their goals, and they may not be, not be the same for different patients, and they are not static. What could be my preference today may look completely different three months after, depending also on my quality of life and my personal um, in environment. So just to recap, access to information, first of all, patients need to be informed about the therapies that are available. Secondly, we need to report better what these therapies can do for the patients, for potentially curing or treating better the diseases, and for that we need to collect data. And I want to thank the EBMT for the good work they do by collecting data in a voluntary basis and, and to try to bring that knowledge and to translate that knowledge into better clinical practice. However, for the CAR-T specific setting, I want to stress that the data is collected from the moment of the leucapheres, from the moment of the infusion, sorry. So, the patients need to have the leucapheresis first. That's one access first to that pre-treatment, let's say. And then you have the manufacturing. That's another access issues because you need to have slots. For instance, in the myeloma space, there are not many slots available for manufacturing the therapies. Then the product comes back with the modified cells and needs to be infused to the patient. That's the moment when you start collecting data, when that infusion was achieved. What happened with the patients that got the leucapheresis done, but never achieved the infusion with the modified cells? We are losing understanding what are the issues there. And I'm afraid we are losing patients in that setting. And this is a call to action to EBMT and to national registries to improve that. I know it's not easy. I know that collecting data is hard, it's expensive, requires resources behind, but we need better commitment from the governments, even from the European Medicines Agency to make that possible. It's the only way to move forward and to really overcome the different barriers we have along the trajectory. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJ Hemonk and subscribe to VJ Hemonk podcasts on Spotify, Apple and Podbean. Until next time.